Friends beyond binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for a journey, uh, not to the final frontier, uh, but into outer space uh, to join our friends in the, not, not to, not, you know, everybody says this is the one show where the next generation is not said, uh, Star Trek, the next, if they were announcing the show, they'd say, the next, I don't know what you're talking about. The next generation, we're uh, we're we're uh, we're currently flying the Enterprise within our timeline. So, but it's a popular title. It's easy TNG. Holy cow! Does that sleepy TN sleep with TNG? It's time. Oh, where are you? Sorry, if you're new, welcome. This is a sleep with me. The podcast is here to take your mind off stuff and keep you company so that you can fall asleep later. We'll be talking about Star Trek The Next Generation, but in a way that probably is so oblique and uh, incoherent, obviously, uh, that uh, you it'll be more like a bedtime story. But this show is here to take your mind off stuff and keep you company so that you can fall asleep. I appreciate you checking it out. What we got coming up here is uh, some support. That's how the show's free twice a week. Then a long intro to help ease you into bedtime. And this is, podcast is a bit different. Like I said, it's uh, to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff more so than to put you to sleep. You just kind of fall asleep because you're like, this guy's just rambling on and on and on. Not bad, though. And we we make the show because we know how it feels in the deep, dark night. And you deserve a good night's sleep. So I'm so glad you're here. I appreciate you coming by. And thanks for making it possible, my patron peeps. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether that's thoughts on your mind, like things you're thinking of, like thoughts uh, about the past, the present, the future, thoughts that are just there, pesky thoughts, holy cow. Thoughts about, when I'm recording this, it's it's during the World Series but there's something in baseball. I don't watch a ton of baseball, but it's called the... They call one of the foul poles the pesky pole. And I'm not sure if that's... Uh, but it but probably because... I don't know. Pesky. That's an interesting word, huh? Oh, but whatever it is, thoughts, it could be feelings coming up for you. Because the one thing is... The reason I just changed the subject. Sorry about that, uh, fans of pesky. I just said, well... You know what, if I was a thought, I wouldn't want to be called, I don't know what pesky means exactly, but I don't know if I'd want to be called pesky, but, you know, even if I am a persistent thought uh, that that's not soothing about the past, present, the future, maybe some feelings coming up for you related to those thoughts or feelings that are just there, it could be physical sensations, changes in time, temperature, routine. Whatever it is that's keeping you awake, I'm here to take your mind off of that and keep you company so that you could fall asleep. 
And as I said earlier, the reason I make this show is because you really do deserve a good night's sleep. I mean, you know it, but sometimes it doesn't feel that way, right? So if you don't ever hear anything else I say or you never listen to the show again, I just want to reinforce that. You deserve a bedtime you could feel good about or feel neutral about instead of one you dread if you're like me. And you say, oh, you know, well, I got to deal with that later. I hope it's not like it was last night. Or, oh, boy, Sunday, it's Friday. That means Sunday will be here soon. Like, I know how that feels. Uh, and it doesn't feel good or a lot of the other stuff. And there's a lot of other listeners that are listening right now that know how it feels. And maybe I don't know exactly what you're going through or I haven't been through it myself, but there's a lot of us that could relate to it. And that's why I say that you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve the rest you need so your life is more manageable. And if you get that rest, that's a gift to everybody. It really is. So I hope this show can help, um, but it just doesn't work for everybody. That's the flip side of everything I said is that uh, this podcast is very different. Doesn't work for everybody, but for most of the people it works for on a regular basis that reach out to me, they said it took two or three tries to get used to the show. So if you don't like the podcast or you're not sure about it, that's a pretty normal experience. Uh, or if you're back, the, the, another normal experience is loathing the show or stronger than that. And then coming back later on and say, you know what, I'm going to give that show one more try. Somebody else recommended it to me. And I trust their judgment, even though I don't know what this, this dude just keeps rambling on and on and on. Um, but I'll give it a try. Oh, okay. This is really is a podcast that's always going nowhere. Sleep with me. It's uh, always, it's, it's a podcast that's running in idle uh, at the same time. Uh, the podcaster that's pesky, even though he's not 100% sure what pesky means, or is he comfortable using that term to describe his own thoughts, the, even the thoughts that could be considered pesky? Because my thoughts would say, well, we're just doing our best, right? I mean, that's what a lot of it is at bedtime. And what does the best mean? What does doing my best mean if for sleep? I guess, well, I'll send my voice across the deep, dark night. Then I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, which means my voice is not traditionally soothing. It's more here to be some background noise. And then I'll go on pointless meanders and superfluous tangents. You've already seen quite a few. This is where I get distracted. I forget what I was talking about. Then I talk about something again. Then I repeat myself. Then I say, what was I talking Pesky. How do you even P-E-S-K? Huh. You're right. How do you spell pes, pes, P-E-S, key, K-E-Y or K-Y? Or is it K-I-E? Pesky pole. I don't know. Is that, would that be on the left field or the right field? Is the left field, um, is it the left field and the right field? Who's left field and who's right field is it? The umpires or the people out there? No, not kidding. I mean, if if somebody would add, if I played baseball or the few times I did, I was like, just like you'd imagine, I did not want a ball. I said, please don't hit a ball near me. Please don't hit a ball near me. Um, But I, they'd say, are you left fielder? I'd have to hold out my hand and make an L. And then I'd say, I don't, this is my left hand. I don't know. Good question. Okay. So 
What was my, what else was I, oh, so a semi-voice, oh, lulling, soothing, creaking up, pointless meanders and superfluous tangents, all to keep you company and take your mind off stuff so you could fall asleep. And what that means is this is a podcast you don't really listen to, and it doesn't really put you to sleep. I'm here to be a little bit more than background noise. I would not call it elevated background noise, but I'd say, well, it's kind of like a background noise you could listen to, but you don't need to. So this is a podcast you you say, oh, okay, huh, yeah, you're talking about stuff, huh? Oh, yeah, you really do go nowhere. You really are in idle and running. And even though this is kind of the original sleep podcast, even though, like, I don't put you to sleep, I'm here to keep you company while you fall asleep. But if you can't sleep... Like I said, I've been having trouble sleeping. If if you can't sleep for some reason, I'm going to be here to the very end to keep you company, whether you're awake or asleep, whether you're listening or not. So there's no pressure at all to fall asleep. Just fall asleep when you do. And I'll be here to keep you company in a pleasant enough way where you say, well, that's not bad. He's the podcaster that the, the only water he's endorsed in an official capacity is tepid water, lukewarm water. Uh, that's uh, sleep with me is the lukewarm water of, of tepid podcast. The tepid luke, you know, oh boy, is he? It's a podcast that loves to say riparian area, and he doesn't know exactly what that means, except he'd say, Would I encounter tepid water in a riparian area? Pro- I'm guessing, depending on the time of year. I think I just and people are like, come on, you know what? And I say, well, I know I've seen a sign that said repair. This is a, you know, that described what a repairing area, R.I.P. Repair. I don't know. I mean, this podcast needs some repairing, you know, repairing. Uh, but repairing is like R.I.P. R.I.N. or something. I don't know. I don't know. I think it means like a forest near water. Or like related to a river, maybe, with some water, something. That's why this is the type of water, facts, and podcast. So I'm here to keep you company and take your mind off stuff, not to put you to sleep. Again, as I said, if you're new, it does take a couple tries to get used to the show because at first you're looking for something that, you know, you want to put you to sleep, right? You've probably tried a bunch of different stuff. You either heard about this podcast or someone shared it with you or you discovered it on a search. And that's a place when you're looking for something because you can't sleep. It's not a good place to be in. I, I We've all been there. That's why I try to make it friendly around here. Because you say, or you could be, you could, you could be wearing a pajama shirt that says number one repairing area fan. And it's, you'd say, and I'd say, okay, I understand you could, you could never forgive me. I understand I've broken your trust with my vocabulary. And uh, I understand if you need to move on, you need to move on. Are you going to move on to a repairing air? Like, some, like uh, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's like some sort of a salamander that's doing that too. So I say, oh boy. Are you are you the only salamander listening to this podcast? And I lost I lost all the salamander. You see, again? No, no, no. All the salamanders that listen to my podcast this time. Oh. What about the what about the other salamanders? Mom, that was twenty you know, whatever. That was a long time ago. I apologize for that one. 
and we didn't lose, I didn't lose them. I lost track of them and, you know, and the, you know, and then they moved into our home, uh, and became residents with us. Uh, it was, uh, we, I made our home and I made our repair, our house into a repairing home, maybe. Okay. Enough nonsense. So what else? Oh, so structure the show. That's another thing that throws people off if you're new. So let me tell you about the structure show. Starts off with a greeting. Friends will be on the binary. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Star Trek, the next generation. Barely, a jo- you know, I, I could barely make something humorous. But the whole start of the show is so you feel seen and welcomed in. And you say, oh, maybe I'll check this podcast out for a few more minutes and try. Because I am trying to fall asleep. So thank you for that. Then there's support for the show. So it can be free. And again, that makes it easier to try out or easier to use it. And you don't, you, if playing for it is optional or supporting the sponsors is, you know, can do that instead of uh, paying for the show. Then there's support for listeners and communities around the show and stuff like that. Then there's the intro, which is separate from the support. And it, sometimes it, it just, I always say this because uh, sometimes people are like, they, I don't know, they don't say, they lump it all together and then they miss out on the intro. And that's the number one thing I get from people that are fans of the show is like uh, the, the intros where the, some of the relatable stuff happens that you get to sleep through. You see, I always thought I was the only one that read signs in, in wildlife areas and, and only remembered one or two things about them. And I say, that's the most relatable thing I ever said, huh? Well, that and you can't, you know, it's, and I say, okay, well, I mean, those are nice signs for the most part. You know what I'm talking about, especially when they have diagrams. Oh, boy. I apologize. I've, re- I've read those signs. I just can't retain them. And I know there's a lot of you out there, including siblings of mine, that can retain that stuff. And they say, no, okay, again, let me go over this. Uh, you know, I work in a science museum. So please, uh, in case my coworkers are listening, shout out to those coworkers uh, at the California Academy. <laughs> this is a podcast that has no science, but uh, um, where was I? Just get, sneaking a shout out there. So, uh, oh, the intro, then the support. Oh, the intro goes on and on and on. One to introduce new people to the show, and you say, "Okay, this is what we're dealing with." Okay, I know, I know some people like this. Uh, they can't, uh, they can't make any sense, but they keep talking, and they say, "That's me exactly." So, yeah, if you had that person on call and you could use them for, you say, you couldn't do that in a normal situation. You say, go ahead and give me a call and tell me about your last uh, last few signs you read. Oh, boy. So glad you're going to pay strict to close attention to this as I run through these signs. I took pictures of. I have pictures. You say, no, no, I'm going to fall asleep. Uh, oh, well, there's a pod. That's not in the social compact. You can't do that. But, uh. I, if you're going to tell me about these signs, uh, no, no. I mean, I can only do it if you're going to pay close attention or at least pretend to, because that's the, you know, social compact. Okay, never mind. I'll let, yeah, I will try that podcast one more time. Maybe that's what happens to people that go and then they come back two or three years later. So, oh, so the intro goes on and on and on, though. To ease you into bedtime. The intro is actually not here to put you to sleep. Some people fall asleep during the intro. 
But for most listeners, it, it's a little bit of a buffer between your waking time and your sleeping time. And if you really start to become a regular listener, you can make it part of your wind down routine or you're getting bed, get, getting ready for bed or you're in bed getting comfortable routine. Because uh, it's just what's been shown to work and what's worked for me most of the time. Not this week is like easy. Oh, and I guess part of this week is that I don't have my full routine. But it, it just it just helps. It makes it in bedtime a little bit nicer. You say, well, like I'm going to pet my cats. I'm going to doodle and then listen to that podcast guy. So that's the intro. Then again, there's support between the intro and the story. So the show will be free. And then tonight we'll talk about Star Trek The Next Generation, an episode. And I'll just go on and on and on about it in a very calm bedtime story way. And then there's some thank yous and good nights at the end. So this is a structure show. That's why I make the show. So glad you're here. I really appreciate you checking the podcast out and coming by. I really hope I can help you fall asleep. So thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to do it for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody, Scoots here. We're talking about uh, Season 5, Episode 3, Ensign Row. Oh, the places you'll go, Ensign Row. Uh, I don't know. But I had rhyming so. And uh, this was, this episode I saw quite a while ago. I, I realized we never did it for the podcast. I thought, like, with, with the Cardassians and the Bajorans uh, coming up last week, it would be cool to uh, take a learn a little bit more this week. And then maybe we'll delve into some more Guinan, I, I think. Uh, but this starts off with a haircut uh, or a little trim. The end of a haircut with Picard. And actually, I have it paused. Uh, and uh, who is it? Mr. Mott's hand is above Picard's head. And you can kind of see where the paint on his hands or the stuff on his hands has come off from, from touching things. But, you know, you wouldn't be able to see that in a normal show. But, yeah, Mott has a lot to say. He's in the middle of talking. I like how the scene picks up right in the middle of the conversation. There's a time when you do, time when you don't, wouldn't you say? Uh, Picard kind of sighs, grimaces. Uh, one doesn't always have that luxury, Mott. Uh, Got to choose a time and place. True or false, Mott says, uh, whenever possible. Says Picard, you got lucky. He's very forceful with Picard's head, too. Suppose all's well that ends well. Uh, but if I'd have been you, well, and Picard's like, that's great. Uh, Let's get out of here. I mean, he says, one more thing. Let me uh, use a laser shaver on your, uh, what do you call those things? Lamb chops or whatever they're called. Sideburns. Uh, you know, and he says, well, you know, Commander Riker agrees with me 100% on how to deal with this stuff. This is Mr. Mott. Uh, he's a blue-faced uh, character. Uh, uh, oh, right along the Cardassian border. Picard gets a call from the bridge. Okay, I'm on my way. And, uh, then he says something very, uh, actually like you see where, uh, Mott after Picard leaves kind of sums up uh, the whole episode. He says, I told him we shouldn't have colonized, uh, so close to the Cardassians. Then we see Data's hand pressing buttons. Uh, Picard asked for a report. Uh, some signal went out. Uh, we can't get him on subspace. Uh, upper and lower band frequencies, Worf. Yeah, I tried. No response. The Solarian system. 
Let's get over there. 26 minutes. Uh, 100% of uh, sorry. Uh-oh, Mott told him. I don't know what that means. Uh, he's the best barber. Oh, but then Picard says, yo, you telling secrets to Mott? He goes, oh, he's, you know, he's telling me secrets. Uh, he's the best barber, though. Then they get a low-frequency call or low-band call, a terrible frequency. This is the Bajora. By the way, we took out uh, that Federation colony on Solarian 4, and we want, you know, you're not uh, do you know, you're not doing what's right. And, you know, they say, hey, you got, you're not doing what's right, uh, so we're making a move, and they zoom on Picard's face. Uh, Stardate 450-76.3, Station Alpha, uh, meeting up with uh, Admiral Kennelly. Who wants to talk about this Bajoran action? Kennelly's got a cold. Or not a cold. Well, no, cold, right? Uh, sorry about that. Ginger tea with honey, 80 degrees Celsius. Picard, where's ginger tea? Never heard of it, uh, this uh, Kennelly says. Uh, it's my Aunt Adele. Uh, I don't know if it was the Adele. Was I don't think that generationally would work. But maybe like an Adele's grandchildren or Picard's parents. uh yeah, I caught this at a conference with Cardassians. Uh, yeah, they were talking about it. Uh, same old story. You know, they uh, annexed Bajoran homeworld uh, 40 years ago and uh, took away their, you know, and they're not happy about it, obviously, the Bajorans, because uh, they were forced out of their homeworld, uh, uh, obviously. Sorry, a little passive-aggressive. Picard's like, Picard's very uh, matter-of-fact. And then he says, listen, I love the Bajorans. That's what people always start out saying when they got to say something. Uh, yeah, they don't have their home planet. Uh, this reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, how to talk about something indirectly that's very, you know, stressful, like uh, the Yiddish Policeman's Union. Is that the whole t- title of that book? Uh, I read that not that long ago. And uh, trying to think if that's the whole title of the book. Um, really good read. Uh, you know, clo- like all of this complicated stuff cloaked in, uh, or actually, no, it's like a parallel. Enrobed? I don't know if it is enrobed in a hard boiled detective story. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. But I mean, to- these are totally different, but it's a way of presenting information, you know. Chased off their planet by the Cardassians, anyway. Um, wander the galaxy, Kennelly says. Settling wherever they can. It's too bad, but, uh, you know, and Picard says, yeah, they're not even, no one's welcoming them either. Uh, and then he says, uh, Kennelly says, yeah, but uh, they're not helping their cause by, uh, you know, saying it's not okay. Got to be diplomatic about this, Jean-Luc. I need you to do this. Find their leader, Orta, and, uh, you know, get any way you can. Kurt says, any way I can. That doesn't sound like, uh, he goes, like, uh, we can't allow this to continue. It's disrupting trade. Or, and they don't say that, but, uh, you know, that's between the lines. Uh, what can we offer, uh, Orta? Amnesty? Kurt says, dude, that's a joke. Uh, and he goes, tell him if he agrees, we'll work on it behind the scenes, quietly, getting all this settled, legitimate, uh, every legitimate means. 
but you're got to be patient. And Picard says, Admiral, they've had uh, generations of sympathy and promises. Uh, you can't, you, like, uh, you can't give him more of the same. And he says, it's your job to see to it that he does. Uh, then Riker calls, hey, somebody, a uh, new, uh, somebody's coming aboard, a new person. Well, they have orders to join. Ensign Rolaren. Picard says, Rolaren, the Rolaren from the Wellington? And uh, what is it, a mistake? Uh, and then Admiral Kennelly says, I wrote those orders. Uh, stay, you know, uh, she might be valuable. Picard says, dude, this is my ship. Uh, you sign me a new officer, especially Rolaren? He goes, but she's Bajoran. Picard goes, there's other Bajorans in Starfleets. He says, well, you know, with what's going on, uh, we got to do something. Picard has pretty strong things. She shouldn't be on a ship, I don't think. Uh, he goes, I'm not asking, Picard. It's an order. And it was a lot of work to get her out of tr- the trouble she was already in. Uh, and this is an important mission. Picard and Kennelly glare at each other. Uh, and then Picard says, Riker, uh, proceed. And Riker goes, you kidding me, boss? He goes, yes, sir. Uh, I'm not kidding you. And he goes, I hope I don't regret this, your decision, uh, Kennelly. He goes, don't worry about it, Jean-Luc. Uh, then uh, Rolaren transfers in. Uh, I don't know if this is the first time we've met Rolaren. I guess so. Because we've seen a couple episodes, like uh, the one where their kids. Uh, she says, uh, here's him reporting. She says it to Riker. Scatter orders. So they say we follow Starfleet code here on this ship, Ensign. Take your off your earrings. And great performance as Laren. Uh, it's like oh, like a real uh, put out. Uh, like, are you kidding me? This is how I am. Like you, call, you scoots. Which character you're most like? Data, Worf, uh, Rolaren. With the like, that's my personality type. Uh, not that I, not too much like me. I'm not saying, saying that's what I act like. Uh, Rolaren, size, rolling eyes, disobeying, doing the opposite. And then Riker and Picard are meeting. You know, people don't want to work with Rolaren, a terrible reputation. Uh, well, I'm going to demand the highest level of performance, uh, nothing less. Uh, won't be long. Don't worry, Will. And then Rolaren shows up. Uh, and they say, Ensign Laren. She goes, it's Ensign Roe. That's the name of the thing. Bajoran Custom has our family name first, individual name second. Uh, uh, or maybe I mixed it up. Uh, but he says, yeah, it's Ensign Roe. Uh, it's an old custom. Most Bajora these names uh, these days accept this assimilation. But I do not. Uh, and Picard goes, I want to be candid. Go ahead. Uh, all right, well... Uh, you know, I know you didn't get a, do, go, didn't go great on other ships. Uh, I guarantee, you know, something happened there. And this is a delicate mission. Rose says, I don't want to be here anyway. Why'd you take the assignment? Didn't have a choice. Uh, so, uh, well, I did have a choice, but I was, you know, sitting in, uh, you know, uh, it's better than nothing. Let's just say. She goes, this is not my idea. 
nor ours. But we're all going to work together, and we have expectations. And Rosa Laren, Ro Lawrence says, "I know the routine. Don't worry about me. I can uh, get it. We're stuck together. Let's get it over with. Then we can go our separate ways. We'll just get this mission solved." And Riker glare, Picard nervous face. Uh, oh boy, dismissed. Supplemental captain's log going into Valo system on the outskirts of Cardassian, where many Bajoran have resettled. Then there's meeting. We got three class M planets, Valo three maybe. Jas also lives there. Uh, Federation's dealt with him. Beverly says, excellent dancer, meta-meta symposium, jazz holtz, uh, actually. Very concerned leader, good spokesperson, great dancer. Uh, Riker laughs. Uh, she goes, no, serious, uh, it was a party afterwards. Uh, and uh, Troy says, well, Lucy is diplomatic, uh, big advantage in this mission. Okay, let's do it. Uh, and uh, they say, Ensign Rowe, you got something to say? You're familiar. Uh, you'll take the con. And Roe goes, you're wasting your time. Jass Oltz is nobody. So what if he can dance? Uh, he's a, a figurehead. Uh, you know, whatever. It goes to parties. No real influence. Uh, Data says, who should we speak with? Uh, and she goes, don't you understand uh, the situation we're dealing with? Uh, people don't want to talk to the... Um, uh, Federation anymore. It's past that. Uh, and she goes, I'm trying to make sure this all works out okay. But it's, I don't know. You know, and they say, okay, well, what do you think? Picard says, let's solve this problem. Where would you go? Uh, Valo 2, Southern Continent. Kiev Floor. Let's talk to Kiev Floor. No diplomatic experience. Not a dancer. So Picard, Worf, Data, and uh, Roe show up at uh, Captain Log Supplemental, looking for Keith Floor. Oh, Picard talks about the history, he, fifth grade history of Bajoran architects and uh, philosophers, like how more they were way advanced than humans. But, uh, you know, they didn't stop the Cardassian, Cardassians, Cardassians from, you know, disrupting that. Uh, so we're dealing with people uh, like, uh, so Roe gives her jacket to a young girl. Then Keith Floor shows up. Uh, he says, Balik, uh, which means move it, kids. Uh, Roe Laren. Been a while. She goes, Keith Floor, this is Jean-Luc Picard, uh, Commander Data and Lieutenant Worf. Uh, thanks for meeting with us, uh, Mr. Keith. Uh, and so Picard shows he's learned. Uh, Please, you still remember Roe, Ensign Roe? Let's check out the camp. Uh, so go around, you see leaking water. Uh, hey, we're just trying to figure out what to do. Uh, we're passionate people. And Picard goes, we're trying to find this Orta guy. And Keyflor says, uh, nah, don't know. He can't help you. And he goes, don't, don't understand. I'm looking for, a, like, a way to solve this uh, where we can all work together. But you're bystanders. Uh, and uh, 
Gary goes, but if we're bystanders, why won't you help you? He goes, yeah, because you've been bystanders the whole time. Uh, as the Cardassians took our planet uh, and made other choices, you know, we had to flee throughout the galaxy. And uh, you've been more worried about the designated borders of the Cardassians and the Federation. And Vicar uh, goes, well, we can't get involved in internal affairs. Uh, he goes, yeah, well, but we're uh, be- sentient beings uh, hurting. Vicar uh, goes, well, I can offer you assistance right now. He goes, oh, because of what happened, now you're willing to do something. Maybe if I'd known that, uh, we would have disrupted trade earlier, eh? What do you think of that, Roe? And Ro goes, listen, you, you, like, you're a little power hungry, Keeve. Uh, you know, we're trying, you know, we're all trying to deal with the Cardassians. Uh, maybe the Federation can help now, Picard says, uh, since you've had to resettle all over the quadrant, uh, this is not an isolated problem. Uh, we can work diplomatically on your behalf. Uh, but first, uh, we got to have peace and trade. And, uh, Keith says, you know, you talk about diplomacy. My worry is about blankets. And I thought they were going to stay there for the night because he goes, if you had to stay here one night, you'd understand. And then Picard goes, replicate some blankets uh, for everybody and Worf, day to do that. Worf, figure out what else they need and provide it. Uh, and uh, Keith says, okay, thanks. Uh, maybe I'll give you a call. We go back to your ship. Uh, if I have any info, I'll contact you. And he goes, Ensign? He heads off. Roe and uh, Picard are there. Uh, that was helpful. Blankets were helpful, Roe says. Uh, nothing I said mattered. And Picard goes, you know, they could have replicators here to feed and clothe everyone. Uh, but, uh, and Roe says, yeah, I had to get away. Uh, they're lost, defeated. And she goes, I'll never be. And they walk off together. You see a little Southern California uh, looking good. Nice hike. Look, look like a nice hiking spot. Captain's log 450 77.8. Uh, Keith Floor kept his promise. By the way, he didn't make any promises, but uh, the moon of Val 01, we're going to meet with Orta. And we're at 10 forward, Rose by herself uh, having a drink. Uh, Crusher and Troy come on. They say, hey, can we join you? She's so much like Scoots. Uh, she goes, uh, she's a little more uh, straightforward. She goes, they go, do you mind if we join you? She goes, yeah, I do mind. Uh, see, We see somebody drinking out of like a thing. Then Jordy's like, I don't think I want to work with this Ensign Row. Jordy's having like, what looks like tea. Or coffee. Got to follow. I can't believe it. She doesn't belong here. Got to follow orders. She didn't even belong in the uniform as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and uh, and Guinan says, really? Guinan's in this resplendent purple out- outfit. Uh, really uh, sleep with me style. She says, excuse me. It sounds like somebody I'd like to know. Nobody wants her on board. She says, oh, hey, by the way, am I, Ro, am I bothering you? Oh, yeah. Great. Uh, seems like you were somebody that'd rather be, you know, interrupted. No, I want to be alone. And she calls her out. She says, if you want to be alone, you would have stayed in your room. 
She goes, the only reason you're coming to 10 Ford is to be around other people. Who are you, by the way? Guinan, 10 Bar, and I listen. Uh, heard anything interesting? Oh, boy, everybody's talking about you. Uh, and Rose says, interesting. Uh-huh. And she goes, well, it's all true, whatever they say about me. And uh, Guinan says, truth's in the eye of the beholder. And she says, isn't that beauty? Truth, beauty, works, you know, it's just a phrase. Uh, and uh, she goes, you never told the true story why you made your choices. Uh, you didn't even defend yourself. Uh, and Rose says, what, you know, I didn't follow orders. Uh, so that's it. Uh, my fault. And Guinan says, so now you just stare at your drink alone in crowded places? Uh, yeah, but maybe you enjoy the attention. And she goes, like, so Guinan just keeps dropping truth on her. Well, you like, uh, go, you know, just like scoots, uh, self you know, self-flagellating. Who are you? Guinan, I attend bar and I listen. Not like anybody I met before. And Guinan says, same with you. Uh, never met an officer like you before. Sounds like we're going to be good friends. Uh, and Guinan says, yeah, I don't, I don't usually stick around long enough to make friends. And Guinan says, too, way, too late. We're friends now. Uh, but I'll be back. You know, I got to, I got to, you know, 10 bar and listen. So I'll see you later. Rogue gets called by the bridge. Uh, we got subspace private message coming in for private FaceTime. Uh, go to your room. Rose says, really? So Roe heads to her room, and she gets a FaceTime from Admiral Kennelly to subspace transmission and says, uh, report, uh, yeah, everything's going as you said, Admiral. Uh, and that's all we see. Then we see the Enterprise. Then Picard's got his jacket on, that jacket from whatever season this is. Five, uh. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about the moon, some interference, uh, we're on a timetable. Where's Roe? Not ready to transport out? Already did, uh, eight hours ago. Not on board the Enterprise. Or they checked the log or whatever. Six hours ago, Scoots. Oh, so it's Worf, uh, Troy, Data, Picard, and then Riker's overseeing things. He's he says, "What in the double hockey? I gotta say, double hockey sticks." Once an episode, they go down. They go into like uh, like a rocky area with moonlight and stuff. Uh, looks a little bit like Pirates of the Caribbean, the first scene in Disneyland. And Data's got some molecular displacement traces, movement in the last ten hours. And he goes, okay, let's standard search pattern. Maintain tricorder link, uh, Worf says. So Worf, you're with me, Picard, and, uh, and then Troy and Data. They start searching, uh, you know, a little bit of a, like a little bit of a set, uh, practical set. They say practical effects. Well, practical set, you know, the effects are, uh, there is practical effects like lights and stuff, uh, energy fluctuations. Troy calls Picard, no signal. Data calls Picard, uh, doesn't work. Data calls Worf, does not work. Uh, signal's jammed. They go into another room. 
Asgard and Worf are there, busted by uh, mysterious figures at first. Curious poses or whatever. Uh, and they say, yeah, like, uh, stick around. Uh, you're going to meet our boss. And this mysterious character comes out with Roe behind him. He says, Captain Picard, how you doing? I'm uh, Orta. And I've been through it uh, because of the Cardassians. Uh, so uh hasn't been pleasant. I was a guest of theirs. And Picard goes, it's not necessarily surprises. He goes, well, after I talked to Roe Laren, I decided it was. This is a cool part, uh, a little bit of a buildup. Well, it's been a disservice. Uh, Picard goes, I'm here for peace. Uh, Orta says, well, I'm interested in change, uh, not peace. Uh, I don't think you are either. Uh, Roe Laren says, by the way, I'm here trying to help. Uh, Picard goes, well, you messed it all up. Uh, and Roe says, I came, I want you people, everybody listen to one another. Uh, you don't know all the facts, uh, Picard. Uh, and that's when, uh, he, Garen or whatever says, uh, you, you don't know everything. There's something else at play. The victim of deception. I don't know what's happening because you were supposed to seek out Bajorans that, that did something to Solarian four. And Picard goes, yeah. And he goes, I, told, I already told Rolaren it wasn't Bajorans. Uh, and Picard goes, dun, dun, dun. And then just just a look on Ro and Picard's face. Go back to the Enterprise. Uh, Riker's there. They go to the bridge. Worf's like, this doesn't make any sense that they didn't do anything to Solarin for. And they go, well, he has no reason to lie. Troy says that uh, I detected no fear. And then they go, well, who did it then? Why would anyone want to falsely implicate the Bajora? Data says, well, someone draw, draw us into the conflict. Uh, well, what would anyone gain by that? Uh, Picard goes, row in my ready room. Troy has a concerned face. Uh, they go into the ready room. And Picard goes, you didn't have permission to leave the ship. Uh, and she goes, yeah, I'm sorry. He goes, this isn't a discussion. Uh, Restricted to your quarters, dismissed, go to your room. And Ro heads off. There's a pause and a breath, uh, grimace, uh, nice slow, like, scene. Then another of uh, Enterprise Circle and this moon. Laren in her room in bed, thinking doorbell once, doorbell twice. Uh, Laren says, what in the heck? I'm trying to lie here and think. Uh, and Guinan comes in, this time in a blue, royal blue, I don't know, a very cool, like a little bit of more velvety. What's up, friend? She goes, why do you always say, like, uh, and just, she goes, Ro, I think you have your poles reversed. Uh, uh, do you want to talk? Uh, and she says, there's nothing you can help me with. And she goes, well, why don't we talk? Uh, she goes, I got myself into this. I can figure it out uh, on my own, just like Scoots does, tries. And uh, Guy just gives her a caring look. Ro keeps talking. Everybody's pulling my strings. Uh, got no control. Hmm, Guinan says. Uh, sits down. Looks at her slow, real slow. Used to silence. And she goes, yeah, for people like you and me who've lost their homes, uh, Sometimes that's the way it feels. 
And uh, Rose using her fingers to kind of think it out. She goes, I'm in trouble. Uh, big trouble. There's more going on here than anybody realizes. Uh, but no one's going to believe me anyway. And I don't know how to deal with it. Uh, I don't know who I can trust. Even yourself? Yeah. Even myself. The guy says, hmm, okay. Well, a long time ago, I was in a lot of trouble. And I uh, found a friend named Picard, Picard, and she goes, and I mean serious, uh, I had to trust one man. And uh, we go to Jean-Luc in his ready room, bell rings, come on in, it's Guinan and Roe. He goes, she's supposed to be in a room. Well, Ensign Rowe's got something she wants to talk to you about, Jean-Luc. Uh, he's got a pad in his hand or one of those uh, neon orange things. Uh, she goes, well, after she's done talking, she can go back in your room. Why are you involved in this guy? And she's my friend. And they just stare each other down. That's like some sort of code, but also the truth. Uh, and she looks at Roe, looks at Picard, and heads out. Picard says, okay, take a seat. Uh, uh, Picard is not shook, but he's now he's inquisitive. Uh, yeah, Guinan doesn't call a lot of people her friend, so... And, uh, Rose says, when I lay this out, uh, it's going to be trouble for me one way or the other. Uh, but I guess this is the way it's got to be. I can't keep it up. Picard goes, what? Uh, she goes, Admiral Kennelly came to me and, uh, said he'd get me out of trouble if I go on a mission. Yeah, I know that part. Not a mission we're on though, Picard. One secret mission for Kennelly. And he goes, uh, she goes, yeah, your, your mission's hopeless. And they knew that, uh, my job was to give Orta incentive, uh, incentive you couldn't offer, uh, one Starfleet couldn't offer, uh, you know, military industrial complex type stuff. And Picard goes, I thought we were past all that. Uh, and, uh. He goes, I find this impossible to believe. Uh, Admiral Kennelly would do that, uh, escalate the situation, and she says, it's true. Uh, I didn't leave the ship without permission. Kennelly told me to leave it last night. He called. There's probably a record of the FaceTime. Card says, huh, oh boy, this is, uh, he has to sit down doesn't check his fish tank first, but he tosses his pad on his desk. Uh, he goes, that would be a violation of everything the Federation stands for. He goes, you must know that. And she goes, well, as a direct order, I didn't have a choice. Uh, she goes, uh, but also, you know, I've been through it with the Cardassians. Uh, my dad... She goes, I know what they're uh, capable of, uh, and it's not, uh, like, a, it's not a rock by baby, uh, you know, like, uh, blankets, not blankets and, uh, milkshakes, uh, and, uh, she says, so, uh, like, I know the stakes here, and she goes, for a long time, it complicated my ability to think about it, uh, uh, because I thought it was my fault, uh, like, uh, that, uh, being a Bajoran was not something to be proud of, uh, 
And she goes, now I've realized that those feelings were misguided, but they're still part of me. So again, very nuanced. Uh, uh, and she goes, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm proud of my Bajoran heritage. Uh, I serve the Federation, but I am Bajoran. And uh, the Starfleet Admiral gave me an opportunity to help my people. And I uh, had to accept it. Uh, Card glares, uh, breathes in through his nose. She, he goes, did you make this offer to Orta? And she goes, no, because there's something else not right. Uh, especially when he said the Bajorans weren't even involved. Uh, I wanted to get to the bottom of it. And Picard goes, wise choice. Uh, and he goes, have you talked to Kennelly about it? She goes, no, sir. I don't even know who I can trust anymore. But that bartender of yours uh, has a way of getting to you, you know? She said you were her friend. Uh, he goes, well, we have that in common, Ensign Rowe. Picard goes, you think Orta would co- cooperate with us uh, to determine the truth? And Rowe says, yeah, I think so. And Picard goes, okay, good, good. Our orders were to find him and send him, go back to the camps with him. So uh, that's exactly what we'll do. Rose says, and then what? Picard uh, goes, we'll watch what happens. And they go back and forth. Uh, and we see the Enterprise, Captain's Log, Supplemental. Something's going on. Conspiracy, Picard says. Uh, but I'm hopeful we'll get to the bottom of it in the next few hours. Then he has a FaceTime with Kennelly. Great job. Uh, Ensign Rose, invaluable. What's the next step? Uh, We'll escort the Bajorans uh, to Valo 3 with Orts and his people on board. Uh, and uh, Kennelly says, great. Uh, and Picard goes, how's your cold, buddy? He goes, a lot better. Thank you, Jean-Luc. Uh, I'm pleased. Uh, we'll report back. Picard out. And they say, Ensign Rowe, you fly the ship to the coordinates. Uh, data, keep an eye on the Cadassian border. They head out. Uh, Bajoran vessels moving up from the surface. I mean, there's a cut for a little time. Uh, there's a lower shot uh, on screen. We got the Bajoran vessel, held them. They don't have FaceTime, only uh, audio. Okay, no worries. Uh, this is Captain Picard. We'll escort you to Valo 3. Okay. We can only go half impulse, so no worries. Okay, head to Valo 3, half impulse. Uh, so they start going. And uh, it's a smaller ship, uh, Purple Jets. Uh, and they see, Data says, there's something going on with Cardassian space. Uh, two ships on the border. 152.051. Can you identify the class of ships? Wharf? Yeah, those are Galar class type 3. Top of the line. Yeah, they're coming parallel to our own. Okay, yellow alert. Let's keep an eye on it. Uh, Row, how close are we going to get to that border? Uh, 13,400 kilometers. Uh, ETA, eight minutes. So that's where it's going to go down. So we have another little cut scene of the ships. Uh, then they're getting, okay, Kardashian ships are changing course. They're crossing the border. Okay, they're powering up. Okay, red alert. Uh, Ensign Row intercept uh, course. Uh, 
called a Bajoran vessel. They call Bajorans. Hey, there's two Cardassian warships. Uh, stay on your current course. Okay, acknowledged. Cardassians are in visual range. Put them on screen. And uh, they're hailing us. Uh, open a channel, Wharf. Uh, hey, what's up? Uh, this is Jean-Luc Picard. Who's this? Uh, how can we help you? Yeah, this is Gold Delac, uh Militia 4-1. Uh, we're here. Hey, great. Love working with you, Gold Lock. Uh, love the Cardassian neighbors. Uh, oh, so do we, by the way. This is totally what we're supposed to say. Mutual goodwill and all that. Chop, chop. Guy says, what's on your mind? Oh, there's a Bajoran ship. Uh, it's a troublemaker. Uh, Guy goes, troublemaker? Oh, we're certain of it. Uh, we know the markings well of that ship. And Picard goes, well, we're watching them. So uh, these are uh, Bajoran settlers uh, headed to Valo 3. You can watch us if you wish. Uh, and they say, no, you need to withdraw and leave this matter to us. Uh, Picard goes, this is neutral space, dude. No jurisdiction. And they say, nor do you. Picard goes, well, if we withdraw, what are you going to do? And he goes, uh, we're going to, uh, you know, what do you think we're going to do? W-A-R, what's it good for? Absolutely something to us. Uh, goes, no, this is a promise we're escorting them. And they go, yeah, but these are people we don't get along with. Uh, even Worf's glaring. Picard says, we cannot withdraw. And they say, any steps necessary. Uh, Picard goes, what do you mean, any steps? Uh, and he goes, this is a complaint from your Cardassian neighbors. Uh, you have one hour to withdraw. Outs. And Picard goes, call Starfleet uh, and route it to my ready room. Can't call Cannelly. So we have a standoff of all the ships. Uh, and Picard goes, yeah, they knew our course, Admiral. So strange, our plan, everything. And he goes, oh, yeah, they monitor everything. You know, they got taps and stuff. Uh, he goes, but they picked up order ship too? And he goes, listen, Picard, uh, what's important is uh, to protect the Cadassian Treaty. And he goes, he goes, I don't see any way to protect the treaty without uh, leaving the Bajorans on their own. He goes, great idea, Picard. And Picard goes, no, 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 that's not my idea. Not, we're escorting them. He goes, you got to look at the big picture, Jean-Luc. Uh, we got this Cardassian Treaty is one, number one. Uh, and Picard goes, I see a different big picture. It looks like this. You caught a cold at a meeting with the Cardassians. And uh, you were talking about Solar and Four. Oh, we got a common, someone, you know, can label them. And uh, if the Cardassians can't find them, maybe I, you can. Uh, I'm beginning to see that our mission has been, in fact, to find Orta for the Cardassians, uh, not to help anybody. And Kennelly goes, you've lost your perspective, dude. And uh, we'll discuss this further when you return. But now, direct order to withdraw. And the dude's in his, like, uh, he's in a black uniform, uh, Kennelly. I don't know if that's, like, his admiral action uniform. Guard goes back to the bridge. Everybody looks. Uh, and he goes, Ensign Rowe set a course 187.102, one quarter impulse. 
And Riker says, we're going to withdraw, direct order. Picard pulls his shirt down and looks at him. That's all the yes Riker needs. They head out. The Cardassians move in on the Bajoran ship. Uh, and uh, they're moving towards the Bajoran vessel, uh, hold present course. And they, they make the Bajoran vessel go bye-bye. And... Uh, it's gone. Uh, big farmed uh, vessel, which is probably like a billion dollar ship. I mean, like lowest, you know. They say Kennelly's calling again, secure channel, ready room. Picard goes, no, main screen them. Uh, this is the oldest trick in the book. Uh, and he goes, what's your report? Uh, and Picard goes, Cardassians took out the Bajoran ship. Uh, Kennelly goes, oh, too bad. Uh, everybody gone? No. Picard goes, uh, no one was on board. Kennelly goes, what do you mean no one was on board? Ship was remote controlled. Subspace relay. And he goes, whose idea was this? Picard, yours? No, Ensign Rose. I fully endorsed it because uh, I thought something was up. Uh, and then Kennelly goes off the rails. Uh, why would you protect Bajorans? Uh, he goes, I'm concerned with protecting the honor of Starfleet. Picard says that. Uh, Kennelly goes, what about Solar and Four? And or Kennelly says that. And Picard goes, they didn't even have the technology to do anything to Solar and Four. Their, their ships are old and obsolete, man. Like, what do you even, where's your reality, uh, Kennelly? Couldn't even have done it if they wanted to. And they go, well, who's responsible? And he goes, why don't you ask the Cardassians, Admiral? It's the only explanation I can think of. It's a stage thing. Kennelly goes, oh, boy. The Cardassians? Why would they do it? Uh, trying to find someone. They've tried to find somebody in Starfleet like you, Admiral. That would solve their Bajoran problem for them. Someone with just a, a naivete. And uh, Kennelly looks kind of glaring. Enterprise crosses our screen. We're back at uh, um, uh, one of the Valor uh, places, uh, Roe and Picard talking about, uh, well, Kennelly will be in trouble. And uh, Roe says, if he's on Jaros 4, make sure you tell him to get a room in the East Wing. The West Wing gets hot. Uh, and, uh, well, we'll drop you off in a few weeks. Uh, we got to do some surveys in Sector 21305 first. Uh, and Rose says, I could get another ship back or something. He goes, do, he goes, do you wish to be, re, re, like, relieved of further duty? He goes, I think you should remain in Starfleet. Uh, she goes, you got to be kidding me. He goes, it would be shame for Starfleet to lose someone with your potential. She goes, thank you. This is the second redemption episode, kind of. Uh, this uniform doesn't fit, and you know it. Uh, Kara goes, well, that can change. And she goes, nah. Past people doing laundry. And Picard goes, I noticed quality said if you harnessed and molded uh, that you have. Uh, and she goes, don't count on it. And he goes, also, you got a great deal to learn from Starfleet. And yeah, Starfleet's got a great, she goes, for me, they can learn from me. He goes, that's a common attitude I found with the best officers. You're not there yet, but you could work at it. Uh, it's an interesting challenge, uh, and Rose says, and I rarely refuse a challenge. One condition, though, and Picard goes, what's that? And uh, she says uh, that I can wear my traditional earring. Uh, 
She doesn't say it. She puts it on and Picard smiles. And then he calls Enterprise uh, two to beam up. They could be like a, a, a Enterprise after dark, two to beam up. Uh, and uh, with that, the episode comes to a close. Uh, and uh, and another, another meeting uh, out there in subspace. Uh, good night, everybody.